Good morning. Happy New Year's Eve. Wow, it's so good to have everyone here this morning, and what a wonderful worship experience we've had already. Presence of the Holy Spirit has been in this place, and He's been working and moving already. Amen? Amen. And I also want to welcome all of those who are watching us online, and glad that you're joining us here today as well. There was a bee colony, and in this bee colony was a little worker bee. And one day, the worker bee caught a glimpse of the queen bee. And oh, he became so enamored with his queen. And it just caused him to just to want to work even more and be so devoted to her. Well, there was a drone bee in this colony that his job was to be protective of the queen. And so he became a little suspicious and I think a little jealous of how that worker bee just was, was so devoted to the, to the queen. And so the drone bee, he confronted this worker bee and, and he said, you're not to be so devoted to her. I'm going to challenge you to a fight to the death. And the worker bee was just shaken, so upset. And, but he loved that queen bee so much. He was willing to give his life for that queen. And so the day of the battle was set. And the worker bee, he, he knew that he had to get in shape. And so he started exercising. Oh, he started working out. He started taking vitamins. <laughs> he just would work out and take vitamins. And, and finally, the day of the battle came. And it was very clear from the onset of the fight who was the winner. Vitamin B1. You're taking up my time. <laughs> but this being the New Year's, I knew that there are some of you who are wanting to exercise, get back into shape, and take your vitamins. And I just wanted to encourage you a little bit. <laughs> this has been a wonderful, wonderful Advent season and Christmas celebration for Central Community Church. It's been so tremendous this whole past month, and just to see how God is blessed and worked in the lives of so many people. What a joy. But here we are, the last day of the year, and looking into the new year, 2024, and what that will hold for us today. I'd like for you to stand with me as we read from God's Word. I'm reading from the book of Acts. Acts chapter 17, beginning with verse 24. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples 
built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appropriate times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so they would seek him and perhaps find him, reach, uh, reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. This is God's word for us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, Father, for speaking your word to us this day. May we all, each of us personally, know and realize what it means that in you we live and move and have our being. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated. This morning I want to give you three vital reminders as we step into this new year and I believe these statements will become very important in your life as we proceed in the days ahead. And the first one this morning is this. God is actively involved with every intimate aspect of our lives. God is actively involved with every intimate aspect of our lives. Again, take a look at verse 28, the first part of verse 28 here in Acts. For in him, for all of us who are in Christ Jesus, through Christ, we are in him. I hope that you catch and grasp the enormous blessing and the enormous privilege it is to be in God. For in Him we live and we move and we have our being or even better, our existence in Christ. I don't have a lot of time to give you the background to this scriptural passage, but, but I do want to say this. The Apostle Paul, who is speaking here, is talking to a group of philosophers, talking to spiritual leaders, religious leaders, and talking to those that, that gather to discuss 
important things of life. And this is a quote that he pulls up from one of their Greek philosophers that applies to their little g God. And it's interesting to note that this quote was written some 300 years before Paul is stating it. And he gives it truth and meaning as it applies to the one and only Almighty God. So he takes what has been said already and what has been believed by those that he's speaking to, and he gives it significance by addressing Almighty God and our relationship with him in this statement. Theologian Archibald Robertson makes this assertion concerning this specific verse. He says this, proof of God's nearness. Proof of God's nearness, not stoic pantheism, but real eminence in God as God dwells in us. That's so true, so powerful as he makes that observation. And when I think of that, One of the things that I'm reminded of is why am I waiting so long in my 60s to learn this? Why didn't I understand this and why didn't I live this way in my 30s, in my 40s? Why has it taken so long for me to grasp this? I've truly realized how much God is involved and immersed in my life. Not not just day to day, but listen, moment by moment, God is at work in my life. It's more than I can comprehend. It's more than, than I can even wrap my mind around. And I think that maybe some of you are going, and you call yourself a pastor? And you're just learning this? You're just realizing this? Well, maybe. I've always been able to address and acknowledge God in, in making major decisions of my life. You know, who am I going to marry? If I'm going to be a good father and want to be a good father, how will I be becoming a pastor? And so many other major decisions of my life. But the more years the Lord gives me, the more he is showing me on a daily basis how he is involved even in the ordinary, mundane activities and details of my life. 
And above all of this, I'm thankful that I'm really developing a greater awareness. It gives me a heart of gratitude and thankfulness for this realization that God is actively involved in my life and intimately he is working within me. A couple of things that I'm reminded about. Two years ago, Miranda Jones served on our staff. And I remembered as the staff gathering around Miranda, laying hands on Miranda and praying for her that she would be able to have a child. I got to see Miranda last weekend as she was here for one of the Christmas Eve services. And boy, she was glowing. In a month, she's due to have her child. And I'm like, wow, she looks so wonderful. And when she has that child, I think I need to make a pastoral call to Topeka and visit him. (laughs) And then, just here recently, Pastor Justin and Amanda and their family welcoming little Paige into their family and seeing and watching. When we experienced that here at the church and as a staff, what God had done, what he was doing, and how he was working in so intimate details of their life, I was just, that's only God. That's only God. And then even this morning, I'm sitting here as we're worshiping, thinking, wow, everything that Pastor George is doing in leading worship this morning goes right along with the word that God has given me to share. And I thought, Pastor George and I, we never spoke about what he was going to be doing and what I was going to be doing. But you know what? God knew and he was working. And I want want you to realize when we can even see that and see clearly how God is working in us, I want every one of you, young people, listen to me. Every one of you, you are not here by accident. You are here because God has brought you to this place at this time in your life and he is working in your life and he wants to continue to be involved in every detail of your existence. Why? Because in Christ, you are in him. How wonderful that is. Secondly, God is doing much more, much more than we can feel or see and understand. Simply put, God's working is not based on emotions or limited to the physical. It's not even according to human wisdom. The scriptures are clear about this. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul is saying. All three of these senses and realities to feel, to see, to understand, all three of these positions limit God 
limit God in his ways. If this was not so, there would be absolutely no need for us to have faith. It's already figured out. Everything's already decided, and we just have to live that way. And you know what? There are so many people that live just according to that belief. Just according to that belief. But it's a reminder, our faith in God is doing much more than what we know and in many ways that we can even, can even perceive. The omniscient, all-knowing God is not limited to time and space and circumstances. The only thing that limits God is our lack of trust and our lack of faith in His purposes. To the church in another Greek city filled with the idols that was here in Athens, the Apostle Paul makes this declaration. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or even think. Infinitely more than what we might ask Him or even be able to think that He is able to do. I want to try to make application, and I want to try to do this well. There have been many times in your life and in my life that we have faced circumstances, faced life situations that were difficult. And what I have done is, I'm sure, probably some of the things that you have done as well. I've thought, I can handle this. With my own limited abilities, my own limited strength, I can take care of this. But the problem with this is, is that when we do take this on ourselves, then we settle. We settle. We settle for something that is less than what God desires for us to experience and what God desires for us to have. That's why the scripture says, be still, be still, and know that I am God. I wish he would have just went ahead and said, and you're not. <laughs> be still, relax, I've got this. I can do so much better than what you think you are able to do. I've got this. It doesn't take a lot of faith and trust for us to pray, God, here I am again. Will you get me out of this mess? Will you, will you, God, would you clean this mess up <laughs> that I've made? I've done it so many times. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? 
I, I hope it's not just me. But that's what we are guilty of doing. But that's why God gives us the faith that we need to believe in His plan and to believe and trust in His ways. As a pastor, one of the blessings that I have is somebody come up to me and say, Pastor, I'm really going through some things and, and dealing with some situations and I don't know what to do. Could you help me? Well, I'm thankful they do come to me and, and ask those things. And, and unless the Lord gives me some clear answer or direction to give to them, what I just want to do is help them to get to a place in their life, in their situation, that will allow them to put their trust completely in God. To trust Him completely. Because that's where it's difficult. That's where it's hard sometimes for us to get to that place that we have to just totally depend on Him. And one of the things that I've found in my life is that this typically involves, uh-oh, waiting. Oh, I'm not a very patient person. <laughs> waiting on God because His time is perfect and His ways are best. And so I pray for them. I pray that God would be allowed to do the impossible in their life and the situation that they're dealing with. I pray that God would reveal himself to them. But my earnest prayer for them is that God would help them to be able to wait. He is faithful. Wait upon him and trust in him. I think wives, you could help us men a lot with this. <laughs> because sometimes we are just, we're, we're just going blindly. And just come to us and just say, let's wait on God. Let's wait and see what he wants to do and what he wants to work in our lives. We see this over and over in the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis and the experiences that he had. The third point that I want to share this morning is this. God wants our lives to ultimately be glorifying to him. God wants our lives to ultimately be glorifying to him. In other words, God wants our lives to be lived in glory to him and for him. For us to be able to understand this, we have to know him. We have to know who he is. He is the creator of all life. He is the only one who sustains our life. 
And when life is over, all of us will stand before him and we will give an account of our lives. In him, in him we live and move and have our being. Say that with me. In him we live and move and have our being. Now say it a little bit like you mean it. In him we live and move and have our being. In him. This means that I have to do everything that I can every day to be aware that for me to live is Christ. Right? For me to live is Christ. When we know God as we are fully, fully known by God, our desire is to live in complete surrender to Him and praise Him in all that He does. For me to live is in Christ. I have to have a purposeful intent. In Colossians 3.1, Paul writes, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. I need that reminder daily. To seek those things that are above. And I have to have a willingness in my spirit, a willingness to allow God to do what he wants to do and then for me to respond by saying, God, whatever you do, I want to do everything to your glory. To your glory and for your purpose. What is it that gives me the understanding and the ability to do this? You know what? It's right here. It's right here in God's Word. If it's God's desire for me, and this is what God gives me to be able to understand who He is, then this is where I need to focus my life. Right here. I need to keep it close to me. I need to be in it every day. And I need to apply the words of His Word upon my heart. I would encourage you as you begin this new year, I would encourage you if you do not have a Bible reading plan, a daily Bible plan, to find one. You can find them so easily. And get into God's Word and let God's Word speak to your heart. And what I have found is that when I am in God's Word, it puts me into a place where God can speak directly to me where I need to listen. It may not even have anything to do with what I'm reading, but at least I'm in a place where God is able to speak to me and give me what I need. Here in God's Word, Let me remind you of one more piece in this. 
No matter what 2024 brings, no matter what your life will experience in the days ahead, he has already demonstrated that he is able to bring peace in the midst of the storm, victory from the jaws of defeat, and triumph through tragedy. Oswald Chambers makes these comments on the last day of the year in his writings in the book, My Utmost for His Highest. He says this, security from yesterday, security for tomorrow, and security for today. God reminds us of the past to protect us from a very shallow security in the present. God will send his forces out where we have failed to do so. Leave the broken, irreversible past in his hands and step out into the invincible future with him. Take that quote with you each and every day. And I just close with this psalm. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will preserve you from all evil. The Lord will preserve your soul. The Lord will preserve your going out and your coming in. from this day forth and even forevermore. May God bless you this day and in the days as we go through this next year. And I pray that the things that I've shared today will be just something that you'll be able to look back on and see and really experience. Let's pray. Father, we do praise you and thank you for your presence with us. We realize and know that it is only through Christ Jesus, our Savior. You've given him to us so that we would be able to have life in you, to be able to know and experience, God, all that you have for us. And I pray, Lord, that you would just speak to the hearts of those that are present and watching today, that God, that they would make a renewed commitment to really know what it is to be found in you and to know what it means as you work in our lives. In Christ's name I pray, amen.